Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora, how are you? I'm doing well, Ashley. How about yourself? I'm good, girl. We are about to head into an extension of one of my favorite Disney Pixar (laughs) series. And that is the Toy Story series because we are recapping Lightyear. Now, you didn't love Toy Story. Correct. But my newly minted pre-K child loves Toy Story. One thing that I realized... That's why me and Amara are here. (laughs) One thing that I realized, though, I believe is like the first and second movie. It's about... It's a short film. So in some ways... Yeah, films back then were like 95 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, pop that bad boy on, keep her occupied for a moment. So I like it for that reason. How about that? (laughs) I lived for some Buzz and some Woody back in the day. And I even, I didn't cry. I know a lot of adults cried on Toy Story 3. I didn't cry, but I own it. And if they came out with a Toy Story 5, I would still go see it probably in theaters because I'm still that big of a Toy Story fan. I loved it. It Loved it. It doesn't do anything for me, Ashley. I I will say this. When I first saw the movie, obviously it was magical, right? We had never seen anything like it before. And the idea of your toys waking up and coming to life was kind of a big deal. So- and one of my favorite movies as a little kid, you remember Indian in the Cupboard? Yes. And that was one of my absolutely. favorite movies <laughs> as a kid. So I was like, ah, it's the animated Indian in the Cupboard. Anyway. <laughs> so great appreciation. Obviously, Tom Hanks is like, you know, Black people love Tom Hanks. So <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> and then, you know, Tim Allen's from Detroit and I have since no longer associated with Tim Allen, but that's a whole nother conversation. And apparently Disney Pixar too. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, Go people ahead. were feeling some type of way about the fact that Tim Allen was replaced by Yo Boo, Chris Evans. But And I will say, I know he's my boo, but I don't think it's a far-fetched idea to have another actor. I just don't think it was far-fetched. It's not far-fetched either, especially given, well, let me let me backtrack, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Lightyear and then I'll hit this, hit this base. So Lightyear, runtime about an hour and 40 minutes, released in theaters June 17th, available on Disney Plus as of August 3rd. Quick summary, Buzz Lightyear travels through space and time and teams up with some rookies to face a familiar foe. Cast, again, as we just mentioned, Chris Evans is Buzz. Uzo Aduba, my girl, is Commander Alicia Hawthorne. Yes, yes, yes. The Kiki Palmer is Izzy <laughs> Hawthorne. The incomparable talent. <laughs> Taika Watiti is Mo. Dale Sewells is Darby. James Brolin is Zerg. Peter Sohn is the MVP Sox. 
and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is Commander Burnside. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, 75% critic score, 84% audience score, and only 54% of Google users gave this film a thumbs up. So Ouch. I know, let's talk about this real quick. So for me, based on the premise of this movie and the fact that this is supposed to be the actual Buzz Lightyear film that makes Andy fall in love with Buzz Lightyear, the toy, mm -hmm. it makes total sense that you have a different actor Yes. voicing Buzz Lightyear yes. this is the actual Buzz Lightyear that was portrayed in a movie because we have to remember the Buzz in the beloved Toy Story series is a replica of many a toy baby yes. a toy and let's be honest Buzz is going through his younger years in yes. this as well so having a younger actor yes also makes more sense if he were a little more seasoned okay I get yeah. it. But yeah. yeah, it made total sense to me as well. So I didn't get that hoopla once I actually watched it. But I also, I was just, you know, perusing these internets a little bit for you guys while I was getting ready. And I stumbled on this article from Polygon. And they were saying that Lightyear exemplifies one of Pixar's recent running themes. And that's failure. And I was like, oh, it's rough. Hit that it's and twist the here. knife. Basically, though, it's not like it's just catastrophic i mean the the film still grossed 120 million dollars at the, the box office 200 million. it was it was and it's also disney pixar right so the standards are very very high yeah there was the uh, film critic i can't remember it might have been variety that says like this is another example that these studios are so tangled up in their ip that they're afraid of you know original stories mm. so yeah well I still enjoy this film but I'm gonna get into my thoughts in just a second because I need to know what your grade is for Lightyear <laughs> okay Lightyear this is coming from a person who's completely detached from this <laughs> so what <laughs> what I do appreciate is the following Bay, okay. Bay is in the film. Gotta support. Two. Uzo Aduba and the Kiki Palmer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Love, love, love. Three. The story was then. However, the action scenes were pretty impressive. And that's all I got. And oh yeah, socks is the MVP. Flat out. Flat out. I gave this film a C. Okay. I gave it a B plus. I told Delora when I wanted to recap <laughs> this, I said, have you seen Lightyear? What did you think? Because I actually really enjoyed the film. And I was skeptical. Like I went into the first five minutes like I'm going to hate this. I'm just giving it a chance. Y'all won me over. I understand it has mixed reviews. I understand. But I think for me, it just is reminiscent of some of these latter disney pixar films i've loved like soul and just yes. you know it's more of an adult 
theme to them. So I get why it doesn't resonate with kids. But for me, some of the themes that we're talking about, especially overcoming uh, mistakes and not letting your fear of failure stop you from appreciating, um, you know, the people around you and the people in your life, just all sorts of things that I gathered from this. Being a team player, uh, you know, overcoming your own ego. Yep. So many of those things I resonated with in this film. And then also to your point, centering of Black women in this film and Black people in general, because you also had Commander Burnside as central to this operation in terms of uh, space travel and all of that. Oh, I lived for it. Yes, I want children to see that Black people are intelligent. We are capable. We are space rangers and astronauts. (laughs) And not only that, we excel because we are the commanders, baby. Yes. Love to see it. So for all those reasons, it is a B plus for me. And again, as a Toy Story lover, this is just another notch in the belt for me. It was a sidestep, but I, I still respected it and appreciated this. Ashley, I have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character in Toy Story? It's Woody. It is Woody. Okay. It's absolutely gonna have yeah. to be Woody. Like again, Tom I Hanks. like Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, know, I also love Buzz. I love, you know, all of the kind of characters that we got that are a part of the ensemble cast, because Toy Story really is an ensemble cast, but yeah, I mean, Woody is the OG. He's the original. Yeah. He's Andy's okay. first favorite toy. So he's mine too. <laughs> All right. All right. Spoiler alert. Let's get into the good, good of a light year. So to start the film, as already mentioned, we kind of get that information that Lightyear is Andy's favorite film from Toy Story. It is the origin of him receiving the Buzz Lightyear toy in the franchise. But guys, let's be honest. Andy was like five, six years old in the first Toy Story. Would this have been his favorite film, Delora? Absolutely not. No. I'm going to say no, too. I mean, it makes more sense that he loved Woody and the Western. Because I imagine, you know, when it comes to kids programming, Westerns are usually easier to (laughs) digestible in terms of the things that they're faced with. Because, frankly, we're all on planet Earth. I had to watch this movie a couple of times to even understand where we were. I'm like, okay, so they were all asleep on the on the ship and they were waiting to find a, a habitable planet. Okay, like, where it are reminded, It reminded me of Passengers. You remember that movie with yes. Chris Pratt and Jennifer yes. Lawrence? Which I watch repeatedly, by the way, whenever it's on television. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't Ashley? know. I just, I was even at a hotel one time and it was on and I stayed up to watch it. I don't know what it is about Passengers it's I enjoy so much. It's of a movie. It's just one of those that I can watch repeatedly. I think it's the angst of it all. I think it's the big lie. I think it's yeah. the the you know just we have to figure this thing out and every time I'm like is she gonna forgive him like is she really gonna let this go I've seen it so many times I can't explain it there's One of a those. lot of OG space film references in this movie that kids absolutely have no clue like there's <laughs> obviously Star Wars and my favorite would be Interstellar I guess caveat to saying this wouldn't have been Andy's favorite movie is also my favorite movie at that age was The Bodyguard. So that was very adult themed. (laughs) What can I say? At at five years old. Yeah. My favorite. My speaking of first favorites, 
my first favorite movie is um little mermaid and so that that i was still on that tip Mm -hmm. (laughs) five so Mm -hmm. as we get going millions of light years from earth buzz and a crew of 1200 make a stop on an unknown planet to check for signs of life while Buzz and fellow Space Ranger Commander Alicia Hawthorne, along with an unwelcome rookie, check out the planet. They are attacked by vines and huge flying bugs. Which one was creepier to you? The flying bugs. I mean, vines are still terrifying. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't want to see a large insect like that in real life. <laughs> I think the vines freaked me out more because I don't know where it was leading me to. Like it kept trying to take them underground. Where am I going? And what yeah. does this face or head of this thing really look like? The vines creep me the F out. <laughs> I mean, either would have been terrifying, especially because these are alien creatures. This isn't you know, a palmetto bug here in freaking Florida, which is a huge flying roach, and they are disgusting, but what? Yeah, they are flying really fast, huge roaches. You know, we're surrounded by nature here in Florida. We're, like, invading their territory, to be honest. No words. (laughs) Well, despite making it back to the spaceship, Buzz's overconfidence caused him to crash, and the ship's hyperspeed crystal was destroyed, stranding everyone on this planet. While Buzz was prepared to be relieved of his duties, Commander Hawthorne instructed him to finish the mission. Mm. Was this an error that you would have struggled with? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thousands of people on a strange planet that is we're questioning the you know whether or not it's habitable like big issue major issue and again i appreciate his commitment to the mission uh because it's kind of an astronomical mistake yeah to say the least i wondered if the people who were involved in this do they I mean, you always know, obviously, when you're doing space travel, there's a possibility of not making it back home. But do you think they were really prepared for that inevitability when they left? Absolutely. NASA don't let people get on spaceships without having strong mental capacities. (laughs) You know, um, several years ago, I believe it was before the pandemic, there, I don't know if it was solely NASA, but there's preparation for space travel to Mars. And essentially, it's a one-way ticket. Yeah. And they were searching for people who physically can handle it, obviously, intellectually can handle it, and mentally can handle yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm making the assumptions that, yes, they would be able to be adaptable, for sure. That's wild. That's why I know I'm not built for that. Even, again, speaking to passengers, remember, they knew that they were going to go travel that distance. And when they came back, all their loved ones would be gone because it would have been, you know, hundreds of years in the future. And that's just not a reality I'm willing to face. Time dilation, Ashley. Time dilation. I mean, different in passengers than we'll see in this film. But I'm just saying the idea of, like, leaving knowing that, hey, fam friends this is possibly going to be it 
and uh, God bless. Hope y'all have a good life. After a year, the crew managed to mine the planet's resources for a hyperspeed test flight. That was hella impressive that it only took them a year. I mean, highly intelligent people, space travel. I get it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's a different level of intelligence when, listen, we're dealing with foreign substances. We're dealing with all sorts of things, but obviously they picked the right crew. It was unfortunately unsuccessful, the test flight, though Buzz's skills were impressive when he was in a bind and almost lost his life. Although it was only minutes for Buzz on this trip, it was four years for everyone else. Time dilation, as you just put it a minute ago, and Alicia has a whole fiance by the time he gets back. And Buzz was gifted socks, his robot cat companion. Despite Alicia's advice to pause and like, hey, let's figure something else out, Buzz continues with unsuccessful flights that we see marked by milestones of Alicia's life when he returns until finally she leaves a goodbye video before she passes away. Dolores, she had a whole life and family despite the circumstances and Buzz only was able to catch glimpses. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? He has to complete the mission, you know, and he made an astronomical mistake and he was determined to fix it, even though life moved on. So, you know, in some ways he wasn't very adaptable, right? In the sense of being so singularly focused, but at the same time, I really don't blame him. I also will like to mention this is where this montage kind of lost me a little bit in watching it like Mm. it was hard to keep track as an adult so I understand how children may be like what's going on (laughs) like she looks different why and obviously you know they're showing time through her and her family which I get but it still was kind of confusing. Hmm. It didn't confuse me, but I could definitely see maybe there could have been other alternative ways to help bridge the gaps between showing kind of his returns and maybe having a little more leg room to show the changes so that it wasn't mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, he's back, she's pregnant. Oh, she's back, her son graduated. Oh, she's back, it's their anniversary. Maybe if they the sequences have been a little bit longer and maybe if they had showed a little bit more of the changes that had gone to one, maybe it would have not felt so Like quick. on the base, yeah, yeah too. Maybe but, not yeah. have felt as quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I I totally feel that he was driven to complete this. But I think once you get to the point where you're seeing the age and you're seeing somebody else living their life, it would have definitely given me pause if I was buzzed. Now, maybe you reach the point where you're just in too deep and you're like, well, if I'm missing all this, then I guess I just have to keep going. But it made me sad. Like, You're not taking advantage of the life you could have had and your best friend, because Alicia was his best friend, has died, which for you was a matter of days and weeks. For her was a matter of 60 years. I think the other part that also makes it sad is the fact that, you know, he's so determined to complete the mission that 
would this new generation even understand the importance of it if you you know when he reached uh the goal of finding the right fuel combination to get them back in space like are they going to even appreciate the ability to travel since they've been rooted in one place for half a century <laughs> yeah are they are they going to want to go home like you yes. guys wanted to go home because you still had the connections back on yes. earth at this point they made this planet their home yes so that's why delora by the time he comes back and alicia has passed away there's a new commander moving in commander cal burnside mm-hmm. and he tells him pretty in my opinion harshly <laughs> that they're putting the kibosh on buzz's mission he said they are going to stay put and they're just going to build a shield around them to protect them from the elements yeah that felt insensitive because of the fact that buzz has committed his life to this Girl. mission and he has missed 60 plus years Girl. of his life and you're like oh yeah we're done it's i would have had a breakdown I would have had a freaking breakdown. 60 years I've given you. I just found out my best friend died. I literally just watched a video and I'm crying. And you yeah. come in here with a box. We talking good. about Talking about, <laughs> oh, I'm moving in. I loved you as a kid. Just so you know, this is over and done with. We're staying put. So yeah, I think he could have handled it much better. It was pretty callous the way that he came in and kind of uh, delivered that news. So Socks who again, as we mentioned, is the real MVP of this film, figured out the fuel problem. This cat, (laughs) it took him, as he said, 62 years, seven months, and five days. But damn, how smart did they make this cat? Exactly. Exactly. And I remember, remember Buzz, he was, Buzz gave him something. He was like, can I get something that's a little more, a little more challenging? He was like, well, you can see if you can figure out this fuel thing. He was like, huh, okay. No one anticipated that this freaking cat was going to be able to solve something that humans. Right. And that also made me wonder, were any humans still working on solving the fuel problem? Had it not been for socks, I don't think it would have been resolved very true i think everybody had moved on so security tries to come take socks and decommission him but buzz goes rogue as we all would steals a ship knows too much (laughs) (laughs) steals a ship and successfully achieves hyper speed again thanks to socks socks pulled out he was able to override the override on the doors he shoots tranquilizing darts out of his mouth he is yeah he was doing everything and the hacking is reminiscent of uh, what RT R two D two R two D two yes, especially um, with the beep boop beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you trading in Charlie for socks if you had the opportunity? Never, <laughs> never. Now, what does Charlie give me? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Love and companionship. He loves me, yes. Um, but there's more more action on this end for sure. <laughs> I would definitely take socks. At first, it was creepy, especially when he popped out that box and immediately came to life. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> hello!" I would have I would have karate chopped the shit out of that cat. Like, what's happening? <laughs> well, but I'm he your proved his worth. Support cat. <laughs> yeah, he was. He proved his worth and then some. When they get back. This time, 
it's been 22 years and things are a bit different. Robots have invaded the planet led by Zerg. Alicia's granddaughter, Izzy, finds Buzz when he lands, catches him up, and takes him to meet her crew for Operation Surprise Party to destroy the robot's ship. But Buzz learns real quick that this crew is not the elite squad he'd hoped after he's attacked by one of the robots. Delora, they are a volunteer team of self-motivated cadets per Izzy with no real experience. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I appreciated their interests and their efforts, but I definitely felt some type of way when he was like, you guys have weapons experience? Partial. You guys have this experience? Pending. Like, I was like, <laughs> my, heart, my heart sank too. I was like, oh, y'all are screwed. Like, y'all are definitely screwed. Buzz decides he'd be better off on his own. Well, with socks, of course, because, you know, what is he going to do without socks at this point? I mean, to our conversation earlier, socks has weight in that relationship. He does. <laughs> Any issue that has come up, socks has been able to handle. Buzz can't escape this new crew of friends, though, because they are surrounded by a bunch of those huge cockroach looking bugs and it's kind of a good thing that they didn't part ways because teamwork made the dream work a few times despite their lack of experience because they mm -hmm. end up helping buzz saving his life but do you think buzz would have still been able to be successful on his own no because that's not the story that the makers were going for <laughs> It doesn't matter. He needed these people. He needed the people. It's so funny. I have in my notes here. You know, Buzz is the moody, moody loner. Um, he always has been that way. Uh, thinking back to the Toy Story stories and everything along those lines. <laughs> and I put in my notes. I'm like, like Kobe? <laughs> Question mark. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my, come on now too bad he, this too bad this hog too bad in this case this is um not a team sport uh but he still chose the team anyway but what i was getting to is the fact that he's a moody loner he detests rookies but you can't do everything on your own and you so can. and we saw that when he tried that's when he really had his biggest mistake and failure yes so, touche. What do you think of the change to sandwiches? Are you a fan of meat on top, bread in between? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know what that abomination was, <laughs> but no logical person would think it'd be okay to, to touch something slimy and wet. <laughs> on the outside and I don't even like that much meat in my sandwich anyway I just love how they had convinced him by the end that this was legit the way to go he was like uh I think you guys are right like are we that much of sheep that just by suggestion will roll over because absolutely not I don't first of all I don't want to touch my meat like there's just something about <laughs> Sorry. I know that sounded wrong <laughs> a 15 year old boy I promise 
I heard it too. But I was going to keep going, Delora. I was going to keep going. <laughs> but no, listen, I don't want to touch my meat. I want my meat to be covered. <laughs> and how to how clean are y'all hands too that was another thing i was thinking about y'all just devouring this with these dirty been all over the planet touching bugs hands i'm good did they not go through a pandemic <laughs> they didn't get, i don't know what they've gone through in this film but i'm not a fan i'm glad this was you this time and not me i held it together <laughs> oh i'm crying <laughs> Just as Buzz had embraced this whole team mentality, so to your point, Kobe, circa, what, 2006? I don't know. Much later. <laughs> <laughs> they helped him escape Zerg once, but Izzy makes a mistake, a huge one, during pursuit by the robots that causes both the crystal and Buzz to be captured. Big, big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. In a twist that I did not see coming, Zerg turns out to be Buzz. Did you guess this huge reveal? I did. <laughs> did you? Because the speculation before was that he was, Zerg was Buzz's father. But when I saw the film for the first time, I'm like, this is probably Buzz from the future. And you lo and behold, on. it was. Their explanation, again, could be a lot clearer. Again, I don't know what five-year-old gets out of this film. Because <laughs> 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 the story I'm, like, trying to follow. But, um, but yeah, I, I actually did figure it out. That's a good point about originally thinking it may have been his dad because I think they did do a whole like Luke I am your father thing with Zerg in one of the Toy yeah. Story movies. I think it was like two or three. Or yeah something. yeah but I definitely did not see the older Buzz situation coming so I was pleasantly surprised that they that they got me with that one. Future Buzz is for 50 years in the future and he's still hell-bent on completing this mission he has even yep. has future socks who was not looking great i don't know what happened to little socks right future buzz explains that when he returned from hyperspeed commander burnside tried to have him arrested so he fled and traveled centuries where he encountered unimaginable technology he used the crystal to return back in time and wants to use young Buzz's crystal because he's exhausted his own trying to test the time travel because it's not a perfect science, as he mentioned. He wants to use young Buzz's crystal to go back to before the crash that stranded them, effectively erasing everything that has happened the past 60 plus years. But for the first time, Buzz actually wants to stop and contemplate and take a beat. He realizes Alicia's family and life and those of all the other people who have made this life on this planet that it was more important than the mission and his own ego so he turns against future buzz's plans and even future socks agreed with him and helped him out when old buzz tried to take him hostage delora as the film wraps up the junior squad as i'm calling them comes to the rescue and helps buzz defeat zerg 
aka future buzz destroying the crystal as well instead of being upset commander burnside offers buzz the opportunity to start a new version of the space ranger Corps universe protection division giving him his dream of returning to duty and he of course takes his crew with him what did you think of kind of the wrap-up to this did you feel like you know it made sense that buzz kind of turned and had his heart shift away from the mission and is able to understand and relate more to the folks who are invested in the life that they've built absolutely because this buzz mirrors the buzz in the Toy Story movies where again Lone Ranger you know this terrain seems unstable (laughs) that's a quote there's no signs of intelligent life anywhere (laughs) (laughs) but what did he do he eventually worked together again making the lovable collaborative story and adventures of the toys that we have come to know and love so it makes sense that he had this character arc and that he wouldn't fall um for his older selves because it's not about him anymore it's just it's just not so it was it was good to see I felt like Izzy's fear of space was so valid when they brought that up untethered so terrifying who does that terrifying (laughs) that was one of the action scenes that i was referring to that was pretty like on the edge of my seat Mm -hmm. what's going to happen we are not about to lose her and sot what (laughs) like you know and and then the fighting scenes were really cool with buzz so i it was it was entertaining from that front for sure i so appreciated also that unlike buzz izzy was able to bounce back quickly from a mistake that was big Mm. it was such a stark contrast between them because izzy took a minute she was upset and then she quickly gathered herself and was like that's right there's one of those things on the side of this that can get us to wherever buzz is press it and let's go versus wallowing and having nightmares for 60 years about something that happened so I'm not saying her grandmother exactly I'm not saying it as if Buzz obviously was not trying to correct but I'm just saying it was definitely a stark difference of the way that they handled their mistakes thereafter right yes and I appreciated that the crew got some love like not Mo, even though Mo was useful at times, especially like with his use of the pen and things like that. But it was Darby. I appreciated that Darby was able to make a bomb out of anything. And even though Darby was, I guess, a felon, I don't, I don't know how else to say she it. She was rough around the edges. You know, she <laughs> she was a u- very useful, had a very useful skill set. So I think that all of them turned out to be um, really helpful in terms of the kind of crew that got formed um, outside of just good old socks. So I appreciated it. And to your point, I totally understood why, you know, we had the the changeover from Buzz and the understanding that, hey, this is not about me. It's not about me needing to be important. Because remember when old Buzz says that? He's like, this was our chance to be important again. Yeah, those are definitely motivators for some people. 
Absolutely. But then you see, once you do right by other people, you get what you inevitably wanted anyway, which was re- to return to space duty. In their cool new outfits. <laughs> the ones we've all come to know and love. So in a final end credit scene, Zerg has apparently survived out there in space. Must have been some truly powerful tech in that suit. Mm-hmm. Do you think this means that they're intending for a sequel? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Now, will they, after the performance of this movie, you know, touch and go? I wouldn't be surprised, right? But I think the initial um, intentions were to definitely have multiple films, for sure. You have freaking Chris Evans. Well, <laughs> and especially Palmer. especially like, if yes. they're able to somehow tie this into other portions of the Toy Story franchise, right? If they're able mm-hmm. to introduce other beloved characters somehow, I think that's going to be a greater catalyst. And you, and again, thinking about the premise of it all, you typically do not have this major movie with the hottest toy and not have sequels to it you know what I mean mm-hmm. well especially because it's joining the one of the biggest franchises that they've had so mm-hmm. any other final thoughts from Lightyear so I think I want to highlight to everyone so they understand where I I come from I don't hate Toy Story it's just not my favorite Pixar movie my favorite Pixar movie would be The Incredibles one and two it's especially one. <laughs> the other reason why I didn't enjoy this particular film is because it is a space film and I didn't appreciate the the scenery of it all. Yes, I know they're on an unknown inhabitable planet, but it was very metal and very, you know, dark. And I don't know, I it wasn't giving me Outlander. You know what I mean? Like, scenic. <laughs> grassy hills and the ocean that that's the stuff I enjoy seeing in in my in my media and it was just very gray and metal and old and scratchy (laughs) (laughs) David was like what do you expect from space films he was like (laughs) you want to see some decor he was like what did you think when you saw alien I was like touche but at least with predator they were in the jungle <laughs> hilarious delora needs lush landscapes she needs lushness yeah see none of that bothered me i think again i loved it my first watch i think my second watch because i was watching it for the sake of the recap i didn't get the same feeling but i still i don't know i just feel like it was just a better overall art to it than i was anticipating and I think also I love origin story. So I wanted Buzz's origin story. I want a Woody origin story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't mind digging deeper into these characters. I just definitely understand now why this would not have resonated with children because it definitely has just the more adult themes and is not as spectacular to look at as a lot of the other beautiful Disney Pixar features that are out there and available for the kids. Now that's not to say some kids won't still enjoy it. Yeah. But but yeah, I can see why it did it wasn't a home run for them. So I will say this. Uh, so two things. So the first, I was watching some YouTube uh, videos on 
I like watching like 25 things you might have missed in those type of videos. This one in particular came from Ms. Mojo, which is one of my favorite channels to watch. Um, she did a whole video on why Lightyear wasn't successful at the box office. And the one takeaway that I really uh, thought was intriguing is that it premiered during Father's Day weekend. Mm. And it's important to remember that Jurassic World Domination was out as well as Top Gun Maverick. And since, you know, what what are fathers more likely to watch? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who's really driving the box office? And as we mentioned, Top Gun is... Killed it. Is killing it at the box office, breaking all types of records. So... I think that's something to factor in. And then, of course, there there was confusion uh, among the audience when it comes to it feeling a little bit leaning on the older side in terms of like the, the storylines and yeah. the content. And um, the funniest takeaway is they were like, yeah, you can't just put anything out there Disney and Pixar you gotta have to you know work for it and I, I thought that was an interesting take but that's kind of rude to it was make it seem as if they didn't put effort behind this but what's really gonna be um telling when it comes to Pixar if you think about the critically acclaimed projects that they put out it went straight to streaming and so this is one of the first projects that they put back in the theater so we're talking Luca, Soul, Turning Red those all went straight to Disney Plus so in some ways it's like are you basing the audience just to go ahead and stay at home instead of going to theaters I mean, and that's been a fair argument about the performances of films since the pandemic, right? Because mm -hmm. audience audiences have shifted um, drastically in terms of preferences. I mean, I was a avid movie theater goer. I do Same. not prefer going to the theater at all anymore. And I never thought I would see that day. This, this is 1000% true and it's such a big deal when we do decide to go into the theaters and let's not forget we're not only dealing with a global pandemic in terms of the fear of being um, sitting in a movie theater somewhere but I would be lying if there isn't a panic that comes you know running up my back making sure I knew know where all the exits are yeah. like in case someone yes you have the possibility the of mass shootings you yes. have the possibility of disease you have the fact that it's expensive to yes. get snacks and all those things yes. and tickets at this point and one of my biggest things I want to be at a pause movie and go to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> these, these movies, movies are getting are long. long. Yes. When I went and saw The Last <laughs> Bond, it was freaking torture, people. That movie was it. almost, and it's on Amazon now. The movie yes. was almost three hours long. Yes. I think I got up one time, ran to the bathroom, ran back. I'm like, see, this is what I don't miss. In the comfort of my home, there's that bad boy pause button. Okay, we're comfortable. Well said. So, you know, again, I understand it. I understand the performance issues. I appreciate the takeaways that you shared. But I think for me, this is one of the reasons why I don't feed a lot into 
critic reviews and things like that. I just have to see things for myself because I enjoyed Lightyear. So that's all I got, Delora. It is time for Hitting Gym, Sis. What you got to recommend on the content side for the people today? All right, Ashley, I have four Hidden Gems this week. Two of them are not hidden at all. <laughs> the first would be the Netflix original series, Never Have I Ever, specifically season three. You had it on your Hidden Gems list when it first came out. I'm going to head and highlight the season three, which is the final season Davy, Davy, Davy. She is a messy, messy girl. And <laughs> I have to say in this third season, she wasn't the worst. I think second season was probably the worst for me in my relationship with Davy. Um, There's been growth in season three for sure. For sure. And it's so fun. It's fun. I laugh out loud. We are fans of Minnie Keeley and her projects. We talked about the Sex Lives of College Girls. We also were fans of the Mindy Kaling project. And it was just a lot of fun, full of color, full of vibrancy in terms of um, the wit and the beautiful people. And I think they concluded, the conclusion was fine. It was fun. It wasn't the best. I didn't love it. No. It was not the best ever, but it was it was fine. I didn't who, feel I missed anything. Whose team are you on? Or, or do you not have a team? Girl, I ain't got no team. Uh the the cutie though, um the Indian gentleman though was a cutie. That would have been nice. That would have been, nice. been nice. But I'm so, talking our two central yes, I know lovers. I appreciated um uh, Paxton's growth though. I I applaud him. And you know who was like the dark horse for me in this season? Trent. Trent was hilarious to me. He wore his heart on his sleeve. I tell you what, he went hard for the people in his life. <laughs> and Eleanor, I think, probably made me laugh out loud more than anyone. anyone because her and her drama, um, student antics. Yep. Funny. I'm Team Paxton for the record. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, of course you are, because he's the cute one out of the <laughs> that two. That makes me sound so shallow. That's not the only reason why. <laughs> Tell me that I'm wrong. That's not the only reason why. I just I, I gravitate more just to his character in general. I also think I get why it seems like Ben and Davy make a great couple. They are that whole iron sharpens iron thing you've mentioned. Yeah. But I think some of the best relationships involve a difference in order to help you to be your best self like I think there needs to be some differences and there needs to be and he was so gracious this season he really whenever she had something she needed to get off her chest say yeah. do he was willing to make that work and he was willing to put in the effort it's not just about the way he looks I promise it's not <laughs> He's yeah. almost like the PETA to Katniss for me. Like, I just feel like sometimes you need something, somebody who's different than you. But I, I don't want to give this away, but how she explained other two relationships. And I'm sorry, I don't role, mean to go no, into no, depth no, no. during your hidden the, the, the role that one of these gentlemen played, I thought was very smart. But the person that she ended up with, it was like, huh, okay. 
<laughs> either way, either way. All right. My second hint, gem is A Quiet Place 2. This is now available on Amazon. And the first one was such a big deal. So much of a big deal. Everybody was looking at John Krasinski like, oh my gosh, is he the next Jordan Peele? Um, after this film, I don't think so. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> but it was an interesting continuation of the story. And we got a flashback. Uh, to like you know how and when this started and you know events post the end of the first movie and Emily Blunt acted her behind off and you know it's it's in that realm of like you remember was it called Bird Box or yeah with Sandra I never watched yeah, it but yep. yeah it, it's just all in that same vein that horror movie it was um it was a fun watch so highly recommend it it was one of the first films that was waiting for the theaters to open up um and I think it it did okay but obviously not as well as they had hope all right my next hidden gem is a continuation of my rom-com marathon when it comes to reading these books out here in these streets I am doing it via audiobook, via my library, i.e. Libby app. I've mentioned this already. But Tilia Hilbert, the, the young lady I mentioned last week, I read her second book in her The Brown Sister trilogy. Um, it's called Take a Hint, Danny Brown. It's like, her writing is so funny and so naughty at the same time and I love it I love it because you'll be in the middle of a sex scene and you're in everybody's head and like they're just thinking about the random you know random things are like completely inappropriate but I laugh out loud at these books and it's about Danica Brown who's the second sister the first one is Chloe Brown and she's a PhD student, so she's very driven. She's also kind of witchy. So if you don't like that witchcraft stuff, you might not like this book, but it's very, it's not deep at all. Um, but she falls for a security guard who was originally a rugby player turned security guard at her college. His name is Zaf. He's, um, he's Muslim and I believe Pakistanian. But what I also love about these books is like all the characters are like really diverse. And we're also talking about curvy women. So it's about these like hunky guys loving these curvy women. And it's just, it's delicious all around. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that because I usually don't say naughty, delicious. And I was going to say darling. And it's because I've been reading her books. And apparently that's the thing that posh British women say. And I'm turning into a posh British woman. Okay. <laughs> My fun, final hidden gem. You remember Craig David? Yep. So uh, this week I'm in the middle of Target picking up something for Amara because life. <laughs> That's also her favorite store. Let's not forget. She has taste. And I hear something over, you know, the... Um, loudspeaker the speakers and I was like this looks like a bop so I shazammed it and lo and behold it's freaking Craig David I'm like 
hey david i haven't heard from him in years okay years but no my good friend david robinson we used to joke that he and him look alike that love you david but he knows what it is he has this song called magic it is it's cute it's light it's afro beats it's r&b i I love it i love it love it love it and i want to recommend it and that's all i have today ashley what do you all right all right i have two that i'm gonna highlight this week First one, coming back, season two, is Indian Matchmaking on Netflix. Ooh. I love this show. Seema Aunty, Mumbai's premier matchmaker, is back to help singles looking to find love and marriage. If you checked out season one, we do get updates on some of our season one faves like Nadia and Aparna, as well as new faces for the season. We've seen some love connections. It seems the running thing, though, is Seema helps you open your heart and then kind of on your own, you end up finding your match. So I'm curious to see if Seema is going to be able to help people really find. So she's not doing her job. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a different era. And I think Seema <laughs> is doing her best. And at least the goal for all of these, and she's so gracious, the goal for everyone obviously is to find love and to find what they're looking for. So even if it's she's not the one who's able to deliver, there have been some great successes um, in the first and second season from some of um, her clients being able to find their match. And that's beautiful. And I just like seeing again, it seems like we delved more into a lot of um, Indian culture and shows and things like that Mm -hmm. and so it's just a continuation of that for me and being able to see some of the beautiful traditions some of the beautiful wardrobes that they come with for these weddings and celebrations and just all the things and you know it's always fun to see people match make and see what works and what doesn't so Mm -hmm. season two Indian matchmaking on Netflix and my second one I love home makeover so instant dream home on Netflix, hosted by Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black. It's a crew of design pros, including our guy, Adair Curtis. Yes! Okay. Yeah, I need season two, by the way. Of him and Jason's reality show. Yes. Same. Especially now that they have the baby. But um, exactly. they basically have 12 hours to transform select people's homes. And it's home makeovers on steroids, essentially. The first couple episodes raised my blood pressure. I'm not going to lie to you. It is so stressful. Actually, yeah. like To the point where I'm like, is this real? I don't believe this. You know, a lot of it is stage formulaic like I think that's the thing once I got used to the formula which is oh we're under pressure oh we built this in advance when we tried to make it work it didn't work but then we magically come up with the solution like it's it's formulaic yeah it's It's formulaic for sure so once I got the formula yeah once I got the formula I was able to actually enjoy the design elements because that's what these shows are all about for me is seeing what these pros do what changes they make to people's homes what they do to upgrade and improve your decor all of those things is what I live for with these the styling types of shows. is very bold and very bold yeah he made a lot of blues yeah <laughs> he made but a he lot. made them work though in he a way made that them work was unexpected some people's might have been more masculine than I think I would have gone for mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because I'm not a bold color palette person I appreciate Same. the risk same 
And it's also a risk to be doing this to people who didn't ask for it. That's another element of this show, guys. These so that's the part that had me stressed yeah, out. Yeah, they're nominated by like family members and stuff. So they don't know that their house is being, and we're, I don't know what they did with their stuff. What they do with their stuff is the question. <laughs> In the first episode, I was like, so you mean to tell me you had a pregnant woman leave her house to come back something completely like that could could have been the worst thing ever <laughs> and a woman who is currently blind right because she right. knows the her steps way. Exactly. to get around her house beautiful what they did with the garden and stuff though yes. in that first episode so I enjoyed it and Danielle has such great infectious energy as the host of that show so well, I appreciated what you, it what does she do though I love her I'm not she's just the host she's okay. just the host okay. all I saw her like, do I'm was the leader move. of the team and I was like what is she leading she moved one wicker chair and I appreciated her for that but she's the host she's bringing that energy she's keeping the team going she's trying to keep things on schedule she keeps us stressed out as an audience and yes. she and she hosts the family once they come which i thought she did a beautiful job of with some beautiful, of them beautiful yeah relating to them and talking to them through the changes so overall it was a fun ride i, I don't think i'm finished i think i have a couple more episodes but again instant dream home if you're a home makeover and decor person i think you'll enjoy it so those are my two hidden gems for this week guys thank you so much for listening and rocking with us for another recap we will be back with some headlines and hot topics and in the meantime guys be blessed and stay safe out here in these streets okay exactly bye